you have similar stuff going on in the western Indian Ocean as Indians begin to trade with the Roman Empire as well. And the roots of this Roman Empire and what was going on has been left to us in a manual called the Periplus of the Eritrean Sea. Now this is a manual that is fascinating, it's, it's a Greek-Egyptian Greek ma manual and it clearly tells us the routes that were taken by merchants uh, coming from the Roman Empire uh, to trade with India. So where did this start off? So there were two starting paths. You could start off uh, either in Alexandria or you could start off in Tyre or Sidon. If you started off in Alexandria, uh, you could go down the Nile a little bit and then there was actually a canal which connected the Nile across from what is now Cairo across to the somewhere near where the Suez is. So the Suez Canal you see today is not the first version of this of the Suez Canal. Even thousands of years ago there was a canal. The problem was of course it's a sandy area so every time it, it was a real problem keeping it clean but there were several attempts to keep it going. There was another route you could go further up uh, down the thing to the first cataract and then also there was another path to a place called Berenike. You, could, you had to cross by um, camel from the Nile to the coast. That was another route. And then there was another route which I mentioned which was from Lebanon and what is now Israel area uh, across through the desert through the ruins now of Petra. That was why Petra was so rich because it was a caravan route and then it reached a place called Aqaba. Anyway, whichever way you came, you ended up in the Red Sea. And then you basically made your way down the Red Sea, trading on either side of the, of, it's a thin, narrow uh, uh, sea. So it, 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 um, you, you traded your way down it. Incidentally, the word Eritrean Sea in Greek, Eritrean literally means red. And that's where the, that's what it really means. Anyway, having made that, they then came up to y Yemen. And from Yemen, they made a short hop across to a small island called Socotra. It's a now, why is it called Socotra? Its origins are incidentally Dwipa Sukhadara, the island of bliss. And it was full of Indians and Arabs, and it was a major trading point. There are even today all kinds of graffiti left behind by Indian sailors uh, in some of the caves there. And from there, you had a choice. Now, the old route was then to go north to Yemen along the Baloch coast and then you went across to Gujarat and uh, so on and then made your way down south. Now somewhere in the first century AD, some smart guy called Hippolus uh, discovered that you didn't have to do this rather circuitous route, you could use again the monsoon winds uh, and sail right across to, um, uh, to Kerala and very quickly a major port appeared in Kerala called Mucheri or Muzaris which is just a little north of modern-day Cochin. In a, uh, what, it's in and around um, Kranganore, uh, in, a, in a village actually called uh, Patanam. Uh, they have found a lot of uh, uh, archaeological stuff from that period. So this was suddenly, uh, by certainly the, the early Roman uh, period, or even before the empire, was, when it was still a republic, major trading routes were being uh, set up. Uh, uh, this was the period after the destruction of the of the uh, uh, the great temple on the uh, of the Jews. A uh, significant Jewish population also came and began to settle along this coast, and so on. So, what were these guys trading with each other? Now, the the Periplus tells us that the Indians were exporting, among other things, uh, cotton, uh, uh, which was very very highly prized, especially from the Gujarat area. Cotton, 
uh, iron uh, and steel um, uh, goods because as I mentioned uh, even um, you know while iron was an Indian uh, invention it even in much later times Indian metallurgy was considered of very high quality so there was all kinds of steel and iron products um, and if you were coming from Muchiri area they were trading spices uh, black pepper was particularly important but also large numbers of spices that were brought in from uh, Southeast Asia uh, uh, and but then made its way to Muchiri and then the Indians then so these Indonesian spices they made it to the Indians which were then passed on to the Romans and so on and so forth so this was what the Indians were exporting so what were the Indians importing now among other things Indians were importing Italian wines and very importantly it turns out they were importing women for the royal harems so this leads us to one of the most important conclusions that we can draw from learning ancient maritime history which is that even in ancient times age three parties used to involve foreign liquor and foreign escorts <laughs> now this period <coughs> saw such a lot of trade that it caused a major problem which was this that although the Indians were importing lots of women and wine they were still running a very large current account surplus now how do you in an ancient world pay for a current account surplus you play for it essentially in gold and the Romans were handing out so many millions of uh, gold coins that it became a real problem because if you're pushing out a lot of gold to some other country then you don't have enough gold um, in your own country to print coins and the Roman Empire uh, by the second century AD had a serious crisis and you have in the Senate uh, you know people like Pliny and others uh, you know really arguing you know they have a real problem you know, don't have enough gold to print our own coins uh, we don't need to do something about these Indian chaps so Emperor Vespasian decided that he was going to uh, introduce um, some sort of a, a ban on trade with India and he tried very hard initially the problem was of course um, both the Indians and the Jews very quickly figured out various smuggling routes and that whole thing failed so after a while they opened up trade again but the Romans now decided that the way they were going to deal with this was to reduce the amount of gold in their coins so they began to debase their currencies <coughs> now what did the Indians do in response the Indians kept accepting these coins so if you when you go to archaeological sites across India uh, along the coast you have lots of coins and depending on which period you go to the amount of gold keeps diminishing of course it goes up and down depending on the time but by, by and large the amount of coin uh, the gold content keeps declining 